everybody. Welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is May 26th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block, and there are so many wonderful doctrines in section 58, but section 59 is also filled with just incredible doctrines. So we're going to jump into section 59 today. This section also has a very Zion-heavy theme. It was given the same day that Polly Knight passed away, and she had been sick for a while, but hung on because she wanted to be buried in Zion. So almost as a continuation of section 58 and the doctrine of building Zion, 59 is also very centrally themed in Zion, but not Zion the land. It's centered in Zion the people. And in section 59, the Lord is going to reiterate some of his commandments Which makes sense, because if we're going to be a Zion or a celestial people, then as we learn in Doctrine and Covenants section 88, we have to live a Zion or celestial law. Not perfect, but repentant. So here in section 59, as God is trying to create a Zion people, he gives them commandments to live. Now, these pretty much fit with and go in order of the Ten Commandments with a little more detail and instructions sprinkled in. But as I was reading today, I was really struck by verse 5. This is the very beginning. He says, Wherefore I give unto them a commandment, saying thus, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy might, mind, and strength. And in the name of Jesus Christ, thou shalt serve him. The fact that the very first commandment, both here and in the Ten Commandments, and as given by the Savior in Jerusalem, the first and great commandment is to love God. Because a love of God ideally should be the reason why we obey the rest of the commandments. All other obedience should stem from that very first commandment. All obedience should stem from the fact that we have a great love for our Father in heaven. After all, as the Savior taught, if ye love me, keep my commandments. Never in my entire life has that phrase made more sense to me than it does now as a parent. (laughs) If you have kids, you understand what I'm talking about. My kids could offer me the moon, and I would probably reiterate this same principle. If you love me, obey Because as I love my children, I would never, ever ask them to do anything that wasn't for their benefit or for their advancement. And if I, being completely imperfect, feel that way, imagine how much more so that is true for our Father in Heaven. Out of His great, great love for us, He would never ask us to do anything that wasn't for our benefit. And truly, one of the greatest ways that we can show our love for Him is to trust Him enough to obey His commandments. Years ago, Elder Oaks gave a talk called, Why Do We Serve? In that talk, he lists six different reasons why people serve. And oddly, I know this doesn't make a lot of sense, but oddly, every time I think about obedience, I think about this talk of Elder Oaks. Why do we serve? Because of the six different reasons that he lists for why we serve, five of them are the exact same reasons why we obey. Now, obviously, to obey is always better than not to obey. But just like service, could there be a higher and holier reason why we obey God's commandments? Starting with the worst reason going to the best, Elder Oaks lists the following reasons. 
Now, remember, he gave these speaking specifically of service, but I'm going to give them speaking of obedience. First, we obey for hope of an earthly reward. Second, we obey out of a fear of punishment. Third, we obey out of a duty to family or traditions. Fourth, we obey with a hope for eternal reward. And then fifth, the highest and most holy reason to obey is out of a love of God. So why do we obey? Now again, surely to obey for the wrong reasons is better than to not obey at all. But what would happen if we could shift our mindset as we obey? If we could learn to love God so loyally and fiercely as to motivate all our actions? How would obeying out of a love of God change our hearts? How would obeying out of a love for God change our relationship with Him? It's a high standard, a high goal, and one that may not be achieved in this lifetime, but I believe that the very act of striving for this goal, of learning to love God fiercely and wholly, and obeying for those reasons, will change our hearts and will change our lives. It's little wonder why this is the first and great commandment. Because as we truly love God with all our heart, might, mind, and strength, as we trust Him completely, then living the rest of the commandments falls in line easier. Loving God with all our heart, might, mind, and strength is a form of consecration. Remember, here in this section, the Lord is trying to teach His people how to become Zion. Not just to create Zion as a city or as a place, but how to become Zion, how to become his people. Part of becoming Zion is consecrating ourselves to him. Neil A. Maxwell once said, we tend to think of consecration only as yielding up when divinely directed our material possessions. But ultimately, consecration is the yielding up of one's self to God, heart, soul, and mind were the encompassing words of Christ in describing the first commandment, which is constantly, not periodically, operative. If kept, then our performances will in turn be fully consecrated for the lasting welfare of our souls. Such totality involves the submissive converging of feelings, thoughts, words, and deeds. As we love Him, heart, might, mind, and strength, we consecrate ourselves to Him. And when we do that, obedience to all the other commandments naturally follows. But the question becomes, how do we do that? How do we learn to love God so encompassingly, so completely? I am absolutely no expert at this, but what I've come to learn for myself is that it's hard to love someone that we don't know and that we don't trust. So as we put our trust in Him, as we begin step by step, piece by piece, day by day, to have faith in Him and to move forward in His plan, then we can begin to know Him more and to love Him more. As we spend time with Him in prayer, in the scriptures, in the temples, then our love for Him grows. But there's another step too that we learn here in verse 5. I'm going to read it again. It says, Wherefore I give unto them a commandment, saying thus, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy might, mind, and strength. And in the name of Jesus Christ shalt thou serve him. Serving our Father in heaven is a way we come to love him. 
King Benjamin teaches this same principle in Mosiah chapter 5, verse 13. He says, For how knoweth a man the master whom he has not served, and who is a stranger unto him, and is far from the thoughts and intents of his heart? My friends, we come to know and come to love our Father in heaven as we serve him. Elder Bednar once said, We more fully come to know the Lord as we serve him and labor in his kingdom. We come to know the Savior as we do our best to go where he wants us to go, as we strive to say what he wants us to say, and as we become what he wants us to become. Serving him requires all of our heart, might, mind, and strength. Consequently, selflessly serving others counteracts the self-centered and selfish tendencies of the natural man. We grow to love those whom we serve, and because serving others is serving God, we grow to love Him. My friends, I testify that if we are to be ever more obedient to our Father in Heaven, we have to ever grow in our love for Him. I testify as the Scriptures teach that we can come to love our Father in Heaven more as we serve Him and serve His children. That is His pattern. That is His way. I know that as we grow in our love for our Father in Heaven, our obedience to His laws and our following His plan comes ever more naturally. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media. Subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.